still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and I'm joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan Tom and Instagram, Bath Rugby Instagram famous Tom as well. That was you on there. Um, thank you. Good, like Welcome to all the travelling fans at the Stoop Instagram post that they put on before the, the, the game at the weekend, wasn't it? Two members of the, the Bath Rugby Plug, both yourself and me and um, friend of the podcast, Luke, as well. Um, we were, yeah, it, it did make us look like we were the, the only fans that had turned up to Ashton Gate and clap and clapping boys as they were walking around. Um, but yeah, good, good, to, uh, good to get a bit of, get a bit of exposure from um, some more free marketing from, from Bath Rugby social account. So um, thanks to the club for that. Yeah, I mean, didn't t- didn't tag the podcast. I noted. So yeah, if you do want to know what we look like, then then go back and, and check out that Instagram post. But Tom, nice to see you. Um, nice to be talking about another defeat. We're getting pretty good at talking about these. Of course, the thirty-one seventeen defeat to to Quinns on Saturday. Five from five in the Premiership. An imperfect record. How are you feeling after that one? Well, I was going to say it's it's cold, dark, and rainy. Um, here in London this evening, but um, brightened by our our record-breaking run of form, um, which is which has continued as you say. Four out of four was previously the worst ever uh, in terms of consecutive league defeats, but we've 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 surpassed that again, G. And you were you were at the game, um, so um, why don't yeah why don't why don't, why don't you kick kick things off? Um, and, and, and we'll get into this one. Also, a few rumours circulating. Um, uh, and swirling around different um, reputable rugby publications, um, which maybe we'll, we'll mention as well. Yeah, as, as you say, I was at the Stoop on, on Saturday and, and obviously watched the game back this evening. And I think I was actually more, I think more encouraged having watched it back this evening. I don't, I don't know why that would be. I mean, there always felt like there was an air of inevitability about the result, even after what was a, an improved first half performance. I still felt like, despite the score only being two points in Harlequin's favour in the last seven minutes, you knew they were going to pull away. And I felt like that on the day, certainly. And I definitely obviously felt like it watching it back, given I knew exactly what was going to happen. But I think watching it back more closely in the cold light of day, I definitely feel more encouraged but then again, if conceding five tries is improvement, then 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 the baseline uh, is it just shows how low that baseline yeah. baseline has got. The bar, yeah, the bar was set very low, as low as it's maybe ever ever been set. Obviously, after the Saracens' defeat, I think the other the other point is, and you know, we spoke about this a little bit little bit last week, is that Saracens are clearly on an absolute rampage at the moment. Um, I think the. Um, the, the you know the 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 more pleasing the most pleasing thing that happened over the weekend from a rugby perspective for for me was Saracens' destruction of Wasps fifty six fifteen so not quite as bad as as seventy one seventeen and Wasps do as as we'll come on to say have have a lot of injuries so did put out kind of you know a bit a bit of a second string string outfit um, but I think that does. Maybe that does temper some of the things that that we've been saying. Obviously, seven, conceding seventy one points at home is is not acceptable. Um, but I think I think a big part of that was just how good Saracens were. And I think, as you say, G, there were certainly improvements when you look at our game um, in in the game against Quinns, who let's not forget are Premiership champions and only really pulled away from a, from a narrow advantage in the last in the last few minutes of the game. Yeah, we'll come on to talk about the, the, the last few minutes of the game later on in the podcast time and also touch on Bart's, Bart's um, hosting of Wasps at the wreck on Saturday. Wasps, obviously, that side who were on the end of a Saracens thrashing at the weekend. So, so that looks to be a fascinating battle in, in one way or another at the wreck on Saturday. So we'll come on to talk about that all of Wasps' injuries and unfortunately all of Bart's injuries, some of which we picked up 
at, at the Stoop on Saturday. Um, but let's talk about Saturday, Tom, and let's talk about the team selection, first of all, that, that Stuart Hooper made. Eight changes, I think it was, most notably for me, Simpson at scrum half, Kutsia starting, for not for very long, of course, at number eight, and Orlando Bailey starting at fly half with Danny Cipriani moved to the bench. That, 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 that again, didn't last very long, but that was clearly the selection Hooper went with and felt like his was his strongest team. But, 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 but perhaps most notably was the initial inclusion of Jonathan Joseph in the, fifth, in the, 20, in the 15. Ajoma, for some bizarre reason, relegated outside of the 23. And then on the morning of the game, no injury to Joseph. That swapped around. Tom, what, what did you make of, uh, of that? And, and kind of have you done any more digging into why that would have happened? Yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting one. This um, because there was no um, from from what I've seen, there's been there's been kind of no report of, of injury um, or you know, w- w- which is what you'd expect usually in, in that kind of instance. Um, it kind of gets gets me onto the rumor that I mentioned earlier. There there are there are kind of um, reports um, this week in the the French newspaper Le Figaro. Um, who report a technical malfunction on the website or on Toulon's website? To remember, Jonathan Joseph has kind of been in, been rumored to be in discussions with previously. Bath then put that rumor to bed and say that we've we've got him to the end of next season, the end of the 2022 season. Um, sorry, the end of the end of this season. So um, uh, the summer of, of 2022. Um, yeah. So there was there's supposedly a a malfunction which saw them announce the signing of Joseph over the weekend before removing the, the post. And there is also a, an empty player profile, um, Earl, so an empty uh, URL, so a website for Jonathan Joseph that can still, you can still find that on the, the, the club website. So, you know, that, that doesn't look great. And whether, um, from a media perspective, they had, Bath had to shut that down and just thought it would be best to pull him from the from from the fifteen. You know that could be it. I think, to be honest, more likely it's something um, much more innocent, um, and I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised that they'd make a change just on the the basis of some report in a in a random French newspaper that most fans wouldn't see. Um, but it's certainly a bit of a strange one, and you know, with his contract up at the end of the season, him potentially not being in, in great form, England aspirations potentially um, behind him, or at least he's, he's certainly some way off that, despite not being too old. It's not all looking that good um, for, 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 from a Bath point of view for, for Jonathan Joseph, G. No, and just to be clear, the, the tweet that Bath put out to announce that he he wasn't going to, to be playing and that Ajoma was going to be playing was that Max Ajoma comes into the 15 for Jonathan Joseph. There's no comment of injury there. Uh, and today, no. there's, there's been a press conference and Hooper has reeled off a laundry list of injuries, of which Jonathan Joseph didn't feature. No, no as you say, I guess the likelihood is that it is something completely innocent, but I, de- I definitely think it is something to, to, to track and, and something that I, I'm not sure we've heard the last of. Moving into the game, Tom, and, and, and just about as bad a start as it can possibly get for Bath. I think three penalties conceded in the first three minutes and Andre Oosterhazen over, Esterhazen over in the corner to make it 7-0 on three minutes. Visions of the previous Sunday were, were certainly coming across my mind. Yeah, I mean, they, you can imagine Stuart Hooper at the, the, the front of the, the room at Farley House with his PowerPoint presentation or whatever he does. And it would have all been about putting... Saracens behind them and starting fast and bringing the intensity. So to concede after three minutes or whatever it was um, will have been about as as bad as it it, it could have it could it could have got. And to be honest, it you know again it just looked all too easy. The you know defence was was very very leaky. Um, no way should Joe Simpson be having to try and make ground to cover um, Andre Usos and who's probably you know twenty thirty kilos got got twenty or thirty kilos on him. So yeah. Not not a great start, but I think I think from following kind of following that, once we kind of woken up a little bit going into that first half, the the intensity was was a little bit better. Um I think, you know, in defense, Underhill, McNally, Urbano, kind of the usual suspects were 
were, were, were really putting in some physical shots. And I thought also Max Clark in the first part of the game and um, big Matt Rory McConaughey were also putting in some, 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 some big collisions. And it was clearly, clearly kind of very, very intense and were fired up from, from some difficult probably conversations that they'd had in the week. But again, it, it just seemed like they were kind of defending more as individuals than, than one coordinated unit. And for me, that was, that was really the, the story of the day. I mean, some players have for parts of this season and I think did in, in the Quinns game look in, you know, pretty good form individually. I mean, Sam Underhill, I'm really looking forward to seeing him play in, a, in an England shirt because I think he's, he's, he's starting to get back to, 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 to his peak. But again, the kind of accuracy, the consistency and the cohesion as a team just, just isn't good enough. And you can put in as much effort, you can um, throw your, put your body on the line as much as you want as, as individual 15 players. Um, but I just don't, I don't, again, think that the team effort was there for, for long enough. And that's why ultimately we weren't able to, to hold Quinns out for the, for the full 80. And I think in that first half, the, the, the battle of the breakdown was really key. And it was clear to, in my mind that, that we were losing it both on our own ball. We made a couple of really nice breaks in that first half. Yeah. I'm thinking of the um, McConaughey break and when he offloaded to, uh, to Carpentier and, and another break when we got turned over on our five meter line. I think it was Joe Markson that, that made the turnover. And on both Sam, Sam Underhill was so close on that one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on both occasions, it's, it's really good stuff. I think Bailey was, was, at, was at the forefront of both of those breaks, yeah. delaying passes beautifully, but just unable to resource that ruck enough to then be able to go through another couple of phases, get that Quinn's defence further going back and then scoring scoring from that. And on, on, on the other hand, their ruck speed was so fast in, in that first half. Care was there in his credit very, very quickly, but we were just unable to, to slow that ball down. And, and without Reed and without Bayliss on the field, I just think we, we really struggled in, in that breakdown area. And, and Underhill was fantastic, but at times he, he really looked like our only threat to, to, to slowing their ball down. And I think that was, that was a real key and, and just meant that our defence looked and, and is really, really, really porous for, the, for both of their tries in, in that first half. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I, I don't think Tom Ellis is, is, is a flanker. Um, I'd really, as I've said before, I'd like to see him move to, to lock because I think when you play McNally, Yules and Ellis, that's just not quite mobile enough for the sort of mm. rugby that we want to be playing, particularly when you're two mobile guys in, in your back row there. So Tom Ellis, uh, so Sam Underhill and, and, and De Carpentier um, when he came on. They're generally the guys who are running the support lines and and trying to uh, you know get their hands on the ball. So when you take those guys out of the game, um, you've essentially got one person to try and to try and resource that ruck, as you say. Um, so yeah, I think I think I think we did we did miss 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 Miles Reed in particular at that at that at that breakdown because Quinns I think felt quite comfortable being able to scramble and and get behind the ball and back one of their jackalers to 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 affect the, the turnover and. Yeah, that happened in a number of times, not just in that first half, but um, you know, during the second half for you know, for, you know, for the couple of couple of opportunities that we had. Mm. Yeah, that front six just looks really like, lumbersome at times, doesn't it? And I think lumbersome—it's a good word. Yeah, lumbersome—that's that, a word, isn't it? Cumbersome. Yeah, cum- it's a mixture of cumbersome and, and lumbering about. Lumbering about, yeah. yeah. They look really lumbersome, that, that, that front six at times. When we're at our best, they look dominant and powerful. But when the, when the game is quick, they, they kind of look a little bit, a little bit you know, not quite fit or, qu- or quick enough. And, and they, they can just be run around the park by, by what, what, is a really, what is a mobile Quinn's pack, Quinn's pack for sure. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what I was impressed with, and that is um, Richard de Carpentier, though. Hmm. You know, he, he, made, he made a couple of errors offloading um, and, and losing the ball on, 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 I think, two occasions. But overall, I mean, for, for a debut, that was, I think, very, very impressive. And he's justified his kind of promotion to the, to, to the, to the senior squad. He, he carried hard. I mean, I remember his, the first time he got, got hands on the ball, um, made a really aggressive carry, kind of beat the gain line. Um, in in close quarters, and he also at the same time looks very mobile. He ran really good supporting lines on a couple of occasions, as as, as you alluded to. 
and as you'd expect as a sevens player, he, he or an ex sevens player, he looks very comfortable with 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 ball in hand and offloading. So yeah, I was I was I was I was pleasantly surprised by his impact when he when he came on for Kutsir after you know who who sadly after we we'd been waiting to see him um, got got knocked out and, and had to go off early on. But I was impressed with him. Yeah, well, sad luck because he's got a lot of rugby to play o- over the next few weeks, Richard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's looking at the, the injuries and the international call-ups. He's going to going to feature prominently, and yeah, I, I do think he he, he showed some some glimpses of, of the player that 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 he definitely can be. Um, so I think the game took a turn in Bath's favour when when Joe Marler was simbined on. Um, I think it was around the 18, 20 minute mark. And, and, and what was really pleasing was the way that we were able to exploit that, that period of time, 10 minutes, but, but to score 14 points and, and to, to come back from, from 12, three down, given what had happened in the previous week to, to score two tries, I think w- was impressive. And I think that was probably the most impressive period of rugby that Bath, Bath had put together all season, maybe, maybe the first half against Bristol. Yeah, I guess you could, turn it on its head and say we were only able to score our two tries when when Quinns were down to 14 and, and missing one of their key guys but no I, I think it was good and and I don't know if this was deliberate um by you know I, I'm, I'm assuming it was given given these guys are professionals but having gone for the the posts uh for that first penalty um to to, to get to get three points which we didn't do against against Saracens and I was I was a bit skeptical of that having gone for the three points when Joe Marler went off and we were a little bit further out but still a very kickable penalty um, we chose to go for the jugular and go for that line out you know Joe Marler obviously being one of their kind of key defensive forwards at the at the mall there um, and executed it really well so round kind of the back of the or the side of the Quinn's mall where usually your you know your prop will kind of be that that main guard there wasn't anyone there obviously with Marler having been off um, and because there wasn't a scrum in the interim, he hadn't been replaced, and so it was just really easy to kind of move round that that um, that that Quinn's defensive line and, and get over the line. So yeah, that that for for a, for a bit of a change, that showed good kind of attacking instinct, um, and kind of we were we were really clinical in in, in taking the opportunity. So yeah, that was that was that was, that was impressive. There we go. We've found something impressive after two hours of podcasting over the, over the last few weeks, mate. We've actually found something that and I, impressive that Bath did. Well, I think the second try as well, probably kind of more, more, more impressive in, in, in some ways because it was kind of well put together. Um, we, we managed to get some quick ball t- to your point earlier. And I think that, you know, Joe Simpson was, was, was kind of key in that try. And I'd be interested to hear how you thought he he got on overall. But I think at, at times Ollie Fox and Max Green they've been a little bit, as we've said, a bit frenetic, rushing it a little bit. Whereas Joe Simpson he was he was still re- recycling the ball quickly and getting the ball out quickly. But he was giving kind of con- he was controlling the game as well. And he gave a couple of nice short passes to to Carpentier, Underhill, and then I think Will Stewart for the try, who were kind of cutting cutting good lines, but. I think for that that try, he kind of controlled the tempo of the mm. of of the attack quite well, as Danny Care did for for Quinns. But what did what did you think of 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 Joe Simpson's first of all selection and second of all uh, performance performance in the game? Yeah, I, I was fine. I was fine with the selection. I've really not been impressed with 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 the scrum halves that have come in since since Ben Spencer's injury and 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 Joe Simpson has a long way to go to, 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 to get anywhere near the influence Ben Spencer was having. But, but yeah, he was just so much more controlled than, than Fox, so much more assured. And, and that's fine because he, because he's experienced, but, but it just baffles me that we need to bring in a guy for three month loan because we lose, we lose one injury and, and that signing just, yeah, I, I, I just think that highlights not to turn it into a negative, but that just highlights the the mismanagement of this squad that that Hooper that Hooper has done. But yeah, on Saturday, I thought Simpson was an improvement. He, he certainly wasn't fantastic, but in his first game, I think yeah. he was an improvement. And I think when he went off, that had a massive impact on 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 kind of the the way we derailed in 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 that second half. I, I also think uh, Max Ajoma had a, a a big impact on on that second try. I think it was. 
you know, the, the worries that Stuart Hooper probably had of picking a Joma and, and, and then the, 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 the excitement that he had of picking a Joma all wrapped up into about a 90-second package. You know, Esther Hazen going straight down his channel, <laughs> bouncing him off so comfortably, but then the ball being stripped and a Joma breaking and, and doing a beautiful 50-22, uh, which set us up in their half, uh, in their 22, obviously, and led to that, that second Will Stewart try. That was a, a marvellous piece of skill from, from, from the young flyer. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant kick. Much better than the, the earlier crossfield <laughs> kick that he attempted. <laughs> Which if, if, if you haven't seen the game, and obviously we, we should say as well, the games aren't available, well, the game wasn't shown on, on um, BT Sport, but you can, um, if you want to watch it back, and, and particularly that first half, you can go on the, the Premiership Rugby website and they, on, generally on Monday mornings or, or kind of Monday, no, mon- Monday nights, mm. anyway, whatever it is, some point on Monday, they generally post the, the, full, match, the full match video. So, um, it's well worth a watch, I think, for 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 that kick alone, as you say, G, um, and maybe maybe less so for his attempted cross kick off the left foot. And I, I he must have very very nearly, I think, missed the ball itself because the trajectory was kind of backwards and very flat. Um, so he, he won't want to watch that one back. But luckily, it didn't it didn't lead anything. But he he again had a had a great game and coming in relatively late into, into the side and just, just picking up where he, he's left off mm-hmm. this season. I think, you know, probably, probably kind of player of the season stuff so far from, from, from a Jomo. So, um, yeah. That, that, that reminded me of one of your kicks, mate. And you are left footed. So that reminded me of one of your left foot attempts. So I must be honest. <laughs> I'm actually right footed, but I think the fact that you don't know probably says more about my kicking than, than anything else. Yeah, I agree with Joe, Matt. I'm really enjoying it. You know, it reminds me a little bit of Matavesi, the way he's playing with, with, with a smile on his face, good or, good or bad. And, and I think that's, you know, really, really pleasing to see. Um, after that little period of, of, of dominance for Bath in the, in the Joe Marler half, in the Joe Marler um, Simbin period, the, the next period up until half time was, was marred by a couple of, of injuries. So, Firstly, Tom de Glanville, who eventually went off, having been the um, recipient of the Marla tackle, which led to the yellow card. And then Benno Urbano getting injured. We'll come on to Benno shortly, Tom, and, and, and the fallout from that. But, but I thought what was, what was puzzling was, was when de Glanville went off, Cipriani obviously came on, but, but they moved Cipriani into 10 and put the more inexperienced and the, the influential at the time, Bailey, back to 15 a position that he, he's not played a lot for bar and it really took him out of, took him out of the game I, I just can't understand why they did that I think it's a question of potentially Cipriani's um, pace you know, fitness and defence yeah I think I don't think he's, I do think he's fully fit I think it's I think it's I think that's fair to say and I think um, you know the, in a way that I'm not fully fit I mean I'm not injured no for fully fit as in um, you know, is is whatever his cardio fitness or whatever. I don't think is and his fi- general his general physicality and just match readiness. I don't think it's there. Um, he kind of looks a little bit tentative to take contact, which means in turn he's not taking the ball to the line and picking those passes that in in previous season has been has been has been his strength. He's not committing to to tackles in in any way, shape, or form. Which as a fullback, you know. Um, to use your favourite word, it's, it's untenable if you're a if, if 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 you're a fullback and and you're you're unwilling to tackle. So, yeah, I think it was kind of kind of inevitable in in in, in some ways that 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 Bailey would drop back because, like, yeah, I just don't think Cipriani is um, kind of ready to 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 play to to play fullback. What I find a little bit strange is that they didn't move Rory McConaughey, who was on the wing back to fullback, a position that he's played in lots of times, and then move Gabe Hammer Webb onto the to the wing to replace him. That would have that would have seemed like a more sensible a more sensible change to me. Yeah, I felt like they wanted to, to, to get Cipriani on the field and, and and he again kind of took Money away. plays. Money plays. Well I didn't play, you know. I don't I you keep saying that that, 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 that he's on loads of money. I really can't imagine that he's actually you know, even one of the more highly paid players at the club. Nobody wanted him. I think I think you've missed that. 
We'll never know, but I, I, I'd, I'd be very, very shocked if he's come back to Premiership Rugby to to play for, 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 for a low, for a low salary. Given what he will have been, he used to taking um, in seasons gone by. But yeah, he, he would have taken. He probably would have taken a pay cut of some sort. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still one of the higher paid players at, at, at Bath. To be honest. And then, and then the second, the second injury of that period, and and, and the more devastating injury was the the Beno Abano injury carried and, and instantly went down sort of sort of squealing and holding his leg which which from a big guy like Abano was was really jarring to to listen to and to to watch back and then gets up says that he can play on plays on gives away a penalty at the the, the ensuing scrum and 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 then and then he and then subsequently goes off at, at half time Tom um, what did you make of that that whole incident yeah, I was very surprised that he he kind of got up and um, and walked off, and you know went down for another scrum as well. Um, and as it turns out, it's it looks to be kind of a serious a serious knee injury. Stuart Hooper's kind of revealed, so not sure quite of quite quite the extent of it in terms of in layoff time. But it, you know, it very very easily could be could be the you know the rest of the season by the time that he's mm-hmm. he's kind of fully fully back and ready to play. Yeah, his other a bath indicated how long it might be. Wow, when they say serious knee injury, that for a prop, that that suggests to me that that that's going to be season ending. Yeah, it's devastating. The other yeah. to the one that he that he he did previously as well. So, yeah, I mean I don't know if that's even a, is that a positive or is that a, like you know it's just the whole thing is just absolute devastating news for for Benno in particular. Yeah, so it says he's had a scan um, and they're waiting for, for reports for, or, or for, for the results of the scan and, and also to see a specialist. So I don't think they know yet, but um, Hooper says, and I quote, he has definitely got a significant knee injury. So, yeah, you're right. That's that's not good. And Lewis Boyce, I think, uh, you know, he he, against his old club, was kind of one of the shining lights of that second half. He, he kind of, he shored up the scrum, um, he, he played with his usual aggression, um, but he's he's not shown consistent the consistent performance that that we know that Beno Abano can. So he'll be an absolute massive loss for 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 a squad that's kind of already against you know up against the ropes and one that also has kind of really relied on him in the past. Yeah, 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 definitely. And then and then an early injury in the second half as as Joe Simpson went off with a with a HIA and and on Ollie Fox came on and I think that was potentially the most significant change of them all because I think really what what cost us Tom as we move into into that second half was just Bart's inability to to get out of their their 22 and it was a combination of at times puzzling tactical decisions and also poor poor exit play and I think poor exit play from 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 three guys in particular Fox's box kicking just wasn't good enough and I think Cipriani you know I I really don't want to pile on here but Cipriani has to take more control I'm not sure he kicked once from hand from our 22 in that last 20 minutes and he has to take control of that situation if he's going to be an experienced fly half and I also think Sam Underhill who was Fantastic on the day, absolutely fantastic on the day, but had to switch to number eight when we had the ball. And I think he really struggled to control it at the base to give us a, a platform to be able to exit. And I think a combination of all three of those factors and, and also some decisions to, to run it from our 22, which you know I, I really didn't understand, meant that we, we almost played no rugby in Quinn's half, in, in particular in that last 20. And that's why that, that inevitability of, of Quinn's scoring just, just that, that just began to build. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's reflected in the in, in the stats G. So, twenty four percent territory in that in that second half. That right. um, and, and you know, you know, Premiership rugby is not 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 really a, a a complex piece to understand. You've just got to play in the right areas, not give away stupid penalties, and generally, generally tries tries will come. And that was that was that was really the. The, the story of it and you know I, I think a couple of points that I'd add to it I think our set piece was a big improvement um, than, than it has been in, in previous games gone by in particular against Saracens the line out with, with Jacques de Toit starting and Tom Dunn following was 
was was was bang on. We had eight from from eight lineouts and and managed to even kind of disrupt a couple of of, of those and obviously scored that that first try. So the lineout was was much better. And I think the scrum was shored up as well, particularly when when Lewis Boyce came on and was and was paired with 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 the starter Will Stewart. So I think if it hadn't been for those 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 two things, um, and also some Quinn's errors, so Andre Bustes and the, the the big number twelve dropped the ball a couple of times in key areas and could have added to his his brace of tries. If it wasn't for that bit of Quinn's inaccuracy in that first period of the second half and our set piece probably keeping us in it longer than it it should have done as well as some last ditch defense i think those those tries could have come earlier and quins probably could have pulled away a bit a bit a bit more materially because we apart from a couple of of counter attack chances didn't really have much of a shout in 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 that second half we're behind and we you know we we just didn't really give us give us a shot give give ourselves you know a a, a shot at actually winning the game no, we, we barely did anything when it was 15 v 15 across the whole game. And, and I think we're, we've almost got ourselves into a position here, Tom, where we are acting as though this is, this is good and, and to concede five tries and, and to lose pretty comfortably in the end and to get absolutely nothing from the game from a team which, which undoubtedly had top four aspirations just isn't good. It's just really not good. And I think it's really difficult to to analyse this game because I think going into it, we're all expecting a defeat and therefore to be 19-17 and, and a relatively close contest with just seven minutes to go. I think we can all kind of see why that, that might be taken as positive. But for, for, for Hooper to come out and say, you know, it's real strides forward and, and for Bath fans generally to be optimistic about this just shows in, in the matter of four or five weeks, how low expectations have got for, for this team. And that, that, that's just so concerning going forward for the rest of the season, because if this is what we're expecting, it's just not going to be a fun season. No. And I, uh, yeah, obviously the old kind of Hooper-esque kind of cliche goes, you're only as good as your, your last performance. So yeah. relative to that, re- relative to that, as you say, I think, you know, obviously scoreline wise, it's a, it's a vast improvement Five tries conceded, vast improvement. But, <laughs> but, but you're absolutely right. We got we got nothing from the game, and, and that was frustrating because I think even a, a bonus point of some description, uh, you know, probably a losing bonus point when it was 1917. There, at least you kind of got something something to to, to hang your hat on. At least you go level with Bristol on whatever <laughs> it is four points or something something pathetic um, at, at, at the bottom of the table. But you're absolutely right. I think we. We need, we need to be careful to 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 big up any improvements into into more than 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 they actually are. And I think Hooper was was honest with that. I think he, he mentioned that some people stepped up individually in defence, which I think we did compared to to Saracens, where at times it just looked soft and it looked at times like we weren't interested, even though obviously I know I know the players are trying. I think set piece was better, and we ultimately were able to. To, to make some of those early opportunities pay when when Quinns were down a man, but you're, you're you're right. We shouldn't we shouldn't be celebrating this. Um, it still looks like a a performance of a team who are, are probably destined for you know lower place finishes in 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 this league, and it's a performance that should be much 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 better given the the players that that, that we've got at our disposal. So was it Quinns inefficiency or was it? better bath defence that, that caused the game to be close it, it going into the last 10 minutes, do you think, Tom? Because Benjamin Sutton here on, on Twitter says, game was nowhere near as close as some Bath fans are trying to claim. Quinn's being inefficient wasn't because we were good. The defence is still porous and we never looked like winning in the second half when just two points down. Do you go along with that or do you credit Bath in some way for, for, for Quinn's lack of accuracy? Yeah, I, th- I agree that I, we never looked like winning, I think. I think that's true. I also don't think it was particularly close. I mean, we didn't fire a shot to, to score a try apart from maybe one occasion in that second half. So I agree with that. But I, I do think it's, as I say, I do think it's a, a baby, baby step forwards from, from, from Saracens. I think some of the individual defensive efforts in particular were, were better. Um, and ultimately, there were a few occasions where we managed to scramble, get a turnover when we looked really up for it. But, you know, as, as I said, there were also a few occasions where a Marcus Smith 
pass or an Alex Dombrad kind of offered out the back, went forward or just went to ground. And you just felt that it wasn't clicking into place for Quinns. I think if it had clicked into place, it probably would have been, you know, a 38, 40 points to 17, but it's not a 71. So from that point of view, from that point of view, from that point of view, you are, you are taking steps forward, but yeah. What have we become? What have we become on this podcast? I, I, I kind of feel a little bit like what what have we become? Yeah, hugely, hugely disappointing again, and that that definitely mustn't be lost. And, and particularly when we when we turn our attention to the injuries that that came out of the game and and the unavailabilities that we will face when when we do host Wasps at the weekend. Before we get onto that, Tom, I would like a thicker scale reading from you from from the southwest of London and uh, uh, about five o'clock. On Saturday, what was the what was the tremor? So I've gone for a three this week. Ooh, um, I don't want to. Looking at this performance in isolation, as I say, we 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 were in the game, or we were at least in the game. Um, you know, at least in striking distance until the last few minutes against the Premiership champions. I know that um, you know we're probably being generous with, with some of the things that that that, that we're saying. Um, and obviously the injuries are uh, to Beno Urbano, De Glanville, Kutsir as well, who likely miss Wasps. Um, and in terms of the you know the, the broader squad unavailability isn't great. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for three because I think there were there were moments in that game, particularly from Bailey, De Glanville, De Carpentier, and um, Max Ajoma, Roy McConaughey as well looked 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 pretty good. I think there were moments that that showed a bit of an improvement and a bit of a step on. Um, from from Saracen, so I'm I'm going to go with a, a perhaps slightly generous three. Yeah, I, I do think that that is slightly generous. So John Andrews, and somehow we've got into to, to decimals with the thick to scale. But John Andrews has gone with a two point five. Simon Fussell with you, Tom, a three. Um, Tom Scriven, he's up from a zero to a one point five this week, and Rob Jones is a two on the thicker scale. So that's just about where all of Bath fans on social media are at Bath Rugby Plug on Twitter to follow us. And I, and I think I'll, I'll probably go for a two. I think I've been you know slightly more pessimistic than you on all of the the, the readings so far this week. So so maybe I need to or this season. So maybe I need to to recalibrate my scale reader. But no, yeah, a two. I just think. Just looking at the way that we're talking about this and, and, and Quinn's not playing that well and still beating us pretty handily, I do think it, it, it's, just, it's just so disappointing and, and, and it's just such a disappointing start to, to the season which, which sets us up for, for probably um, more disappointment. Maybe, Tom, more disappointment on Saturday when we host Wasps at the wreck, as, I, as I've mentioned, um, and loads of Bath players missing out. So Stuart Hooper did a press conference today at Farley House where he claimed that the club were without around 50% of the players due to either England selection or uh, injuries or, or un- other unavailabilities. Um, Abano, as we've mentioned, uh, a serious knee injury. Kutsia and Simpson are going through the HIA protocols so so there they'll have to see how they come out of that whether they'll be fit and as you say it's a glamour with with not so much of a serious knee injury but 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 still a knee injury and, and probably sounds like he he may not be fit I think Bayless um, and Muir are two guys we haven't spoken about but they've got soft tissue injuries I don't know I haven't heard an update on Reed and I think the club are due to a put out a, a full injury report, an official injury report on Friday. So definitely keep an eye out for that and, and, and give yourself plenty of time to read that and get through all of those names, Tom. It's a huge, it's a huge list of, 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 of absentees again for Bath. Yeah, it's massive. And I think that, that, that 50% number that the Hooper quoted, so I think that includes international call-ups as well, um, which obviously come into play for the first time um, for, for for Bath and, and other clubs from from this weekend um, with the the autumn the autumn internationals. So from an from an England point of view, obviously using Charlie Yule's, Will Stewart and Sam Underhill, who you know I think particularly those last two guys uh, have been pretty fundamental to anything that's that's even been okay for Bath this this season, um, and they will not be available. Um, even if they're not selected in the 23 against um, against Fiji. Um, is it Fiji or Tonga? 
Uh, well, this is just the training squad. So Tonga's not for another two weekend, uh, next the following weekend. So, but they're not available for this weekend. Sorry, they're not available. Yeah, so, so they're not available. Um, Toby Falatau, obviously, uh, <laughs> who is a name that some of you will remember. He is um, he he he's been picked for Wales, and he, he is available. He is available this weekend, but um, obviously, as as kind of coming back from injury. So we'll probably, probably, probably not see him this weekend. I don't think. Um, he'll, he'll be yeah, further, further four guys that will be missing. Yeah, and Bayless as well is obviously in the Scotland squad. But for both of those oh, guys yeah. are, are are able to be picked. But but Falatau will be fit for Wales. Don't 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 worry about that. Any Welsh fans? Um, you think when when Tarquin was saying fifty uh, when he said fifty percent homegrown? I'm not sure he meant fifty percent at home on the weekend when when he was looking at, <laughs> <laughs> at, at, at those percentages. But yeah, a remarkable a remarkable list of, of absentees. For, for, for what feels like the fifth, sixth year running that Bath have all these absentees and, and I can I can understand the England call-ups. That's just, uh, well, I was going to say um, a consequence of being good, but it's not really been a consequence of being good. It's just a consequence of having having really good players at the club, but the injuries just keep on mounting and, and something surely has to change in terms of, they've got, as I, uh, you know, all of these backroom, backroom members of staff, none of them coaching defence, but, but kind of, you know, it'd be nice if they could keep keep the players off the injury report as well. And it's so difficult to to know. You know, there's so many contact injuries, and and and, and there's nothing that can be done about those. But just the level of injuries every single year for Bath is just just hugely concerning. And I've just got no idea how the the, the, the ins and outs of that work. But it's just something surely they, they they've got to try and address, and they must have tried to address previously. Yeah, and you know, in in a lot of instances, it's been injuries through international call ups. So. You know the two, the two things have been related. So Joe Thokonasiga, obviously being taken to Japan and 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 injured there, injured again in the the last set of internationals that he was he was involved in. Cameron Redpath having been called up to Scotland, then then injured himself for Scotland. Anthony Watson as well has has been injured playing for England. So um, yeah, I think the, the two things kind of are probably correlated to to some degree because you're playing you're playing more rugby. The training's probably more intense for England. You get different. You don't get continuity with the S and C guys and the coaches that are looking at you. So perhaps there's um, there's not as close a monitoring as there would be if you were just playing for a club with the same set of coaches. Um, and I think that's probably why we see higher, higher levels of attrition for our international our international guys. But we should say as well, G, that Wasps are in in kind of a similar boat from from an injury perspective, and I think there are. 21, I believe, members of their senior squads. Um, so probably similar sort of numbers to us or even even more. Um, similar numbers uh, are, are unavailable for selection. So just to, to read out a few few names that, that listeners might be familiar with. So Charlie Atkinson, Alfie Barbary, uh, Malachi Fekatoa, James Gaskill, Ben Harris, Joe Launchbury, Michael LeBourgeois, Rob Miller, Ryan Mills, Paolo Adogwu, uh, who, who Bath fans may have nightmares about Gabriel uh, Ogare, Dan Robson, uh, Jack Willis. So that's some some a pretty serious list of players that that they're missing. And um, you know, as someone who watches a lot of Premiership rugby, um, I was looking down the you know the 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 Wasps team sheet uh, to to play away to Saracens on on Sunday, and there were quite a few names in there that I'd I'd, I'd not seen before. Um, guys that they'd have to bring in relatively last minute. Um, you know, the the a fullback I think playing at uh, thirteen. So I think you know, whilst they can put out a decent enough fifteen, I think one of the things that I noticed was that the bench was um, kind of very very weak against against Saracen. So um, hopefully we can get ourselves in a position to to put some pressure on when those those boys do have to come on albeit as you say we're going to be we're going to be very weakened one one thing it'll be interesting to see as well G is obviously with Charlie Yules away uh, with injury and Ben Spencer unavailable um, who 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 will will take the reins on captaincy um, and, and how that goes I mean I'm expect, expecting it to be to be Josh McNally but would, would would you would you like to see anything different no no I mean I, I can I agree with McNally I, you know I Posed last week that, that Manali was 
was potentially a good bet to take over on a permanent basis. I think he he actually on on thinking on on Saturday, you know, the way Yules was addressing um the referee, Luke Pierce, on the on the day, he just really wasn't getting on the right side of him and, and that that is a skill and, and he just constantly was 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 kind of the way he was speaking to him, you know, each referee has a completely different interpretation, but but Pierce wasn't wasn't necessarily appreciative or responsive to the way that Ewells was was kind of approaching him. And there was definitely one occasion when McNally actually went up to to, to Pierce to speak to him. So so that was kind of it, quite interesting to quite interesting to see. But but yeah, def, definitely Josh Josh McNally and and kind of who partners him in that second row is is another fascinating selection for for Stuart Hooper because Mike Williams has been the preferred choice to to come off the bench. Mike Williams isn't a lock. He's a back row forward. And we also need help in, in the back row. So, so it might be that Mike Williams is deployed in the back row where, where he should be playing. And it's that Ewan Richards, who, who's a young guy we saw a bit of at the back end of last season, Tom, and was actually the player's player of the year in the, in the under-26 nations over the summer. So, so it clearly comes with, with a lot of pedigree. I, I know lock forward is a really difficult position for, for a young guy to, to play. And it's, it's not like on the wing where your skills are, are, are you know, that, that physicality isn't, isn't what you, what, what you'll be lacking. But, but I think it, it, you know, this is an opportunity to, 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 to see some of these young guys. It's, it's like when you, if, if you go to a concert and, and you see someone that you really like and at the start of the season, you, you, you're looking at the bar squad and you're looking at all these players that you're looking forward to seeing. And, and, and it's like, you know, the band doesn't play all, all the greatest hits, but you do kind of discover some, some of the back catalogs that you really like. And that's what it feels like at, at the start of uh, at the moment with this bar team, kind of, you know, a lot of the things, the players that I was really looking forward to, to watching this season, Doc and Asiga, Abano, Watson, um, Redpath, all these guys are, are not going to be there, but it's an opportunity to, you know, if we if we do try and look at it positive for someone like you and uh, you and Richards to 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 step in, someone like Max Ajoma to step in and, and become one of one of your favourite players. So so yeah, I think I think that would be be kind of trying to put a put positive spin on, on on all the injuries, which which I'm sure Wasp fans will be trying to do as well. Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I think I mean I see Richards come in. I think. As I've said a couple of times, I think Tom Ellis, for me, I'd like to see him feature more at second row. So maybe that's a, this is a bit of an opportunity for, for him to do that. Obviously, Will Spencer as well is the other option uh, from, from a second row perspective. But I don't know if he is even available. He wasn't featured on the injured list, was he? Yeah, he's, he's still injured. So he's still injured. Okay, back, so he's in some form of training. But and is, is, What's the news on Josh Bayliss? Is he, is well, he available? Well, it's got a, well, it was a soft muscle injury, so issue, yeah. So they're not, yeah, he's, they're not sure if he if he's available, and 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 the other Spencer, Ben Spencer's back in in limited in limited training as well, which is, you know, that, that's about the best news of the week. Yeah, well, I mean, from a number eight number eight point of view, then it's we're mm-hmm. very very light, aren't we? If without without Josh Bayliss, I mean, this is when we really need one of our highest paid players, and there's no doubt about that, Toby Falatow, to, 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 to be ready for action to come back because we're, we're very, very light um, with number eights, with, with Jaco Kutsia, unlikely to play given his, his, his HIA and, and you know, having been knocked out against, um, um, on Saturday against Quinns. I mean, I, I really don't know who they, who they pick there. They, they may even have to pick. Um, young Neil Merrigan, who's the yeah. the England under twenty number eight, who's who, who's never featured for, for for the Bath first team, but but yeah, it's looking really really, um, yeah, under resourced in that area due to due to the number of injuries. Tom, let, let let's pick this game before we leave, and, and I've had a look at the the bookies, and and probably because they've got no idea who's going to play, they can't pick them. It's it's an even split with the bookies. So so so, where would your money be going this week? Uh, I think this is as good a chance as as. As, well, it's a better chance than we're expecting it to be. I think. I think that's fair. I mean, I think despite our injuries, obviously they they're clearly um, you know very very hampered with injuries as well, if if not more so. Um, and obviously suffered a massive defeat against Saracens. So we're fellow travellers in many respects. We've got the the home advantage. Um, you know, 
Wasps generally, it's been it's been fairly even in, in fixtures gone by. It's generally a very very loose uh, game. Um, one team getting ahead, another team chasing them down. There was that thirty five all draw, I think, mm-hmm. against against Wasps a couple of seasons ago at the Rec, uh, if, I, if I remember correctly. So it's usually quite quite he- quite try heavy. So it may be the exact kind of game that we need to to kind of kickstart this 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 attack led by um, David Williams. And to, to 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 show to show to show everyone what we've got. So, I'll 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 side with Bath. Um, if you had a gun to my head, I, I I don't know what I'd do, but I'll side with Bath on this occasion. I think I think we'll scrape through, and we'll all just be happy to to have recorded our first win, uh, first win of the season, and put that very unhappy record that we we broke into bed. Yeah, we need. Yeah, we just need to win this game. Is yeah, it's so important. I think that we win, and I really do think we've we've got a good opportunity to to do so. Um, it will be try heavy because we can, you know, we can't stop anything at the moment. So, so it will be try heavy. It's just whether it can be try heavy at the other end from from a bath point of view. So, yeah, McConaughey. Last year it was when um, the dog Paolo oh. Adogu got a few, didn't he? I mean, we I think we scored thirty odd points, but they scored something like fifty. Yeah, it was horrendous. We, that was such a bad defensive effort. He, he's not available, so that's yeah, that's positive. I, I, I'm I'm pegging Roy McConaughey for, for a brace of tries, uh, maybe at 15, maybe on the wing, and, and friend of the podcast Darren Atkins may even feature at the weekend, which would be um, yeah, long overdue from from my point of view for sure. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening. I think this is um, our regular slot now, Tuesday evenings. Um, Tom says that the residual hangover is gone by a Tuesday, not by a Monday. <laughs> so, so that's why we're, we're going with a Tuesday. Um, so out on Wednesday. So, so hit subscribe. That will be coming into your, your feed every Wednesday. Give us plenty of time to watch the game back, reflect on it, and hopefully give a well-rounded, informed opinion. Um, give us your well-rounded, informed opinion at Bath Rugby Plug on socials. And do us a favour and share it around with a friend. Tough time, undoubtedly, to be a Bath fan at the moment. Um, I'm sure you're, you, like me, like Tom, are getting loads of messages from, from, from fans of other clubs saying just how bad we are. But stick together through this difficult time. Stick together through this podcast. Hopefully a safe space for you all. And stick behind the boys through thick and thin.